Hello, welcome to the Tantric Lounge. I'm Jacqueline Hellier. Today we're talking about cathecting the divine. And I'm here with my divine co-host, Xavier Watercane. Oh, thank you for that. And I greet the divinity within you too. Thank you. Brought to you, of course, today by the lovely Lalo people. Yes. Lalo, who with are... With their divine products. With their divine products, they yes. They are. They're very beautiful. Yes. In, for those of you who haven't heard, um, Lalo are our sponsors. Lalo are a Swedish manufacturer of beautiful sex object, objet d'art. Objet d'art. Objet yeah, it's, it's, unfair, it's unfair to call them... Um, vibrators yes, because that's not all that they do they also do lingerie and they also do all, all sorts of other wonderful stuff to create to get you in the mood and to keep you in the mood and to mm. after mood yes. stuff as well yes um and we'll be talking about our objet du jour later mm-hmm. de la semaine de la semaine okay <laughs> we're gonna get really french pre- pre- pretentious well jacqueline <laughs> sir, sir jacqueline what is the subject for today <laughs> Well, okay. Well, I speak in my outrageous French accent. <laughs> so today, Xavier, we are talking about cathecting the divine. And I actually chose the word cathecting because it's one of your favorite words. So maybe you'd like to share with our international audience what you mean by cathect because it's not a word that we use very often. No, but ever. it is something that people do all the time without actually realizing that they're doing it without going into an etymological mm. essay yes, about cathexis and its origin in ancient Greece and um, what Freud had to say about it. Basically, cathexis is this idea of obtaining energy from concentrating on a particular item of study Mm. so what that basically means is it's a bit like the idea of channeling yes but it's a broader idea in the sense that you channel ideas or you might be able to channel archetypes Mm -hmm. or you might be able to uh, um cathect thought forms right and and sort of like an energy or an essence of something yes it's sort of it to be really vernacular, it's about plugging in. Plugging in. Yes, there's an energy. There are energies out there. They have forms. They have shapes. They have particular tonal qualities. The energies exist all around us, but we're not necessarily attuned to them. So it's a matter. Cathexis is the process of attuning yourself to these various thought forms. And today we're talking about cathecting the divine. The divine. Yes. So we're really plugging into God. Yes. Which is another way of saying this, or the goddess, or however you want to look at it. Yes, because when we're talking about the divine, there's a lot of different ways of looking at the divine and some people have very rigid ideas of what God might be. Others have sort of more vague ideas, sort and, of more like the Taoist approach. Or and if you're, steeped in the, if you're steeped in the Western tradition, your idea of God isn't very sexy. Well, no. No, as we keep going on about yeah, yeah, on a, blah, 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 yeah, 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 very yeah. sexy, blah, blah. So, but not only the Christians, I mean, the Buddhists don't have a particularly... Well, a lot do. And in fact, even in the, the Hindu yoga traditions, which is where Tantra came from, there, it wasn't, sex was considered bad. You know, they, they still had that duality about you know, spirituality being good and the body being bad. 
Really? Yeah, a lot of the yogic traditions were, and that's partly where... In spite of those temples where you've just got these incredible sculptures of people in writhing in orgies all the time? But that's where the tantric stuff came from. Oh, I see. It was sort of a later development. Okay. Yeah. As a reaction against the prurience and no sex, please, we're Indian. Yeah. Like, I mean, it seems to me, having read a lot on different cultures and how they've developed over the years, there seems to have been, in most cultures, this sort of dichotomy between the, the priestly rulers who had you know the priests tended to have some higher sort of level in society and they like to hold on to their knowledge and we're the special ones and we can access god so therefore you need to do what we say usually usually having to do with the agricultural societies if you think about most um non-agricultural societies like tribal cultures mm. etc hunter gatherers mm. they're really big into the god equals sex equation because mm. and the feminine and the feminine because yes. if you honor the feminine and you honor sexuality you have mm. babies mm. which often die quite quickly mm-hmm. because just as the nature of mm. what it was like living in the past when you get agricultural societies you then have to have complex large groups of people that yes. you need to control a lot of structure That's a lot of structure so you're going to want mm. to create control around those issues and then about who should have babies and when and how so that you don't eat into the grain stores. True. And you also want to have a workforce that does what they're told. Thus the connection between sexuality and culture. Yes. Or at least another the control of sexuality and culture. So... Anyway, so when you have those kind of um, societies, there's then this tension between the ruling priestly class and and the people, and there seem to quite often be uprisings against the priestly caste and the development of new approaches. In fact, it happened in Protestant Christianity as well, when the Protestant Christians... Christianity full stop. That's what Jesus was all about. He was rebelling against the the rule of the priests and, and... and the Romans who were controlling everybody. And then you had the Roman Catholic Church, which actually resembles more the Roman Empire than well, that's what they than did. Christianity. The Romans realised that there was this whole new kind of terrible alternative approach that Jesus had introduced where people could find God within themselves, you know, the Father is within you, the kingdom of you know heaven is here on earth. Ah, we can't have that because we can't control people if they think they have access to the divine. So we're just going to take over the whole thing. Yes, we're all Christian now, but actually what it is is actually the Roman Empire just continuing. And that was about the year 300 and 1200 years later it about the, the with the Protestant mm. Reformation. It was yes. the backlash, the pendulum swung and again. And it keeps happening, and it keeps happening over and over again. And it happened in the history of the, the Hindu yogic traditions as well, which has a quite much longer. And the relevance to the personal sexuality that pe- people experience themselves today is that they find this pendulum swinging back and forth within themselves. Mm. They go from wanting to control their sexuality to just wanting to let it go yes. completely wild mm-hmm. and what this show is partly on about is wait a minute there is a middle path <laughs> yes there's a beautiful path there's a beautiful there's a path yes. of beauty here but there's also a path of discipline and that's partly what this is about i believe right it's not about having to be completely controlled and follow other people's rules nor is it about complete anarchy and yeah i'll do whatever the hell i want it is about doing what i want but it's about doing what i want in a disciplined way because i have disciplined myself that i'm going to do you know, what's right. And that's what a lot of the tantric and the, the yogic approach is about. Is what's about right for you in that moment? Yes. Yes, because if you've disciplined mind, body and soul, then you're not going to do crazy things. And you're, and if you find what's right for you in terms of affecting the divine, plugging into your own divinity, yes. you're going to have a lot better sex. 
You will. You'll have a much better life. And you'll have a much better life as a result. Yes. Yes. So whether we're talking about how well you eat or how well you work or how well you play, including sexual play, it's going to be much more real. And that's what we are talking about last week with the sex in non-sex and part of that purity and that discipline that needs to come with it, the moral rightness. And you know, a lot of modern Westerners struggle against that because we think morality is these imposed laws. It's not. It's about developing yourself so that those those that moral rightness is within you and feels right for you and it feels right for you yes and therefore it's right for others as well when people develop themselves in a positive way they start acting in right ways okay so let's talk a little bit about the various yogic traditions yes. from which of which tantra is Apart? Well, yes, it's sort of a modern, um, more modern. I mean, it's about 1500 years old, but yeah, yeah, yoga is about 5,000 years old. All right, so comparatively yeah. modern, even yeah. though it's about yes, 1500 yes. years old. So, so essentially, um, if we look at the, the Indian um, subcontinent where all of this came from, they've had a lot of spiritual traditions over the last 5,000 years or so, one of which has been the development of yoga, right? <clears throat> now, in the West, we tend to think of yoga as you know, Hatha yoga, which is the postures and so forth, the very physical side. That's actually only one um, spoke in the whole wheel of yoga. That's Hatha yoga, H-A-T-H-A. Yes. Yeah, it's actually pronounced Hatha yoga. Hatha. But or something we, we, like we've anglicised it to Hatha okay. yoga, so that's okay. So, but that's only one, right? And that's about the discipline of the body. And it's a very important one. Okay, because if you can discipline your body and keep your body nice and flexible and open, it certainly helps the energies to flow. You're not going to be able to cathect anything or to be able to um, open yourself up to the subtle flows of beautiful energy that we talk about if your body is overly stiff and, and blocked. And, and frankly, from a Western point of view and a purely mechanistic point of view, the more mm -hmm. flexible you are in bed, mm -hmm. yes, the more likely you are to find all sorts of pleasure centers and areas yes. than if you're just incredibly stiff yes. in all the wrong places. Yes, and you'll also move together and flow together better mm. <clears throat> if there is less stiffness. Okay, but that is only one branch. And for some people, the whole physical thing isn't that important, right? So that's part of the problem of over-focusing on the physical as well. So if we look at the other spokes of yoga, there is jnana yoga, right? How do you spell that? J-N-A with a little squiggle on top, N-A. Jnana then. Mm. Jnana, the no, it's a long A. Oh, it's a long jnana. A, not a, not, a, no. not a tilde over the N. Not okay. over the N, over okay. the A. Jnana. jnana. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And that is about the yoga of wisdom, right? So that's the yoga of the brain. Like we talk about all the different centers in the body, whether we're talking about the chakras or the brains that we've talked about. So, Which is what we do on this program. We do. Because of the, the nature of the medium, we're talking about ideas that yes. people then take. So this, we're actually practicing. Little Jnana did we know. Yoga. Janana yoga. Yeah, right. And, if you and so are our listeners. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I do think that we attract a, a more uh, intelligent type of listener. Yes. Yes. The others would have dropped off long ago. So by, by disciplining your mind and about learning and study, not rote learning, not learning what the rules are, but taking on board knowledge, assessing it, playing with it, musing on it, making it your own. Playing with the ideas. Yes, that's what that's about. And that's how your brain can work in its pure form with, you know, pure creativity and true wisdom because that's what we're looking for, not knowledge, wisdom. Wisdom how, is using knowledge. 
So wisdom, wisdom, wisdom is applied to knowledge. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but there's that bit before you apply it as well. It's taking the knowledge and you know using it in your brain and assessing it and really embodying it, connecting the knowledge, connecting knowledge. Yeah, yeah, in a way that that's right. Okay, and rejecting some knowledge. Yeah including some of what I talk about. Like, I don't want anybody to be listening to this radio show going, oh, oh, the great guru Jacqueline is telling us what to do. No. (laughs) I'm just bringing to you some potentially useful knowledge. I'd like you to take it seriously, think about it, make it your own, reject what doesn't work for you. Think of Jacqueline as a smorgasbord chef. She's offering you, yes, she's offering you various little, or maybe a tapas chef. She's (laughs) She's offering you little pieces to taste from and you don't have to have the whole thing. You don't have to eat every plate that's on the smorgasbord. You won't get in trouble if you leave food on your plate. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You are are entitled not to like certain of the things that we serve up to you. Yes, definitely. But if you're but if you're a but if you're a tantra glutton, go for it, baby. Yeah, you can you can take it all on board. So yeah, so that's the that's the head stuff. That's the head yoga. And then we have the um, the heart yoga which is bhakti yoga, and I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that today. How do you spell that for people who want to look it up on the internet? Bhakti, oh, B-H-A-K-T-I. Yep, B-H-A-K-T-I. I suspect it's probably a long A as well. It's and, I, and, I, and it's an aspirated B, so it's probably bhakti. Yes, yes, they have lots of aspirated, aspirated H's in yes. Sanskrit. Yes. So bhakti yoga is the heart-centered yoga. It's the yoga of devotion, right? It's the yoga of love. It's the yoga of love. Yes. But I like this idea of devotion, the idea mm. that you're offering up love. Yes. And that's what this divinity thing is, and that's what we're going to be talking about later in the show. I'm just thinking about the, the origin of the word devotion. I have to look mm. it up. I'll bring it in next week once I look it up. Yes. Maybe after the break. Yes. And part of the bhakti yoga, it's not just about, or well, certainly from the tantric point of view, it's not just about sort of honouring the divine in an external form. It's about honouring the divine within you and in your partner. And making love from that space, which is kind of beautiful. But we'll get back to that in a minute. And if you do enough of that, you end up with Laya Yoga? Laya Yoga. How do you spell that? L-A-Y-A. Laya. Laya. So that's like the yoga of meditation. It's about the, it literally means dissolving. Oh, the the yoga of surrender. Yeah, contemplation, meditation, surrender. So not only are you offering love in that yoga, you're you're actually offering up yourself in your entirety. Surrendering, yes, yes, and and that's all about the barriers between you and the spiritual, you know, the oneness start falling down. There's another really important one that um, we haven't mentioned yet, and that's karma yoga, Mm -hmm. um, and that's the yoga of action. And that's very important in the tantric tradition as well because a lot of the spiritual approach had been that to be spiritual you had to be a renunciate. You had to renounce life. You had to move away from life. And you had to stop doing. You had to stop doing, yes. Whereas the karma yoga is, no, we can still live in real life, we can still be householders, we can still work, we can still have sex, we can do all of those things, but we do it with rightness, and that's karma yoga. And in terms of cathexis, in terms mm. of plugging in yes. to divinity, another yes. type of yoga that's that is very popular in the West is mantra yoga. Mm. Yes. Oh, that's a beautiful one. That's um, about using sound. Right? Om. Om. Yes. So Om is the primary mantra, um, and it's often considered the cosmic sound. 
right? It's the sound of the universe, the sound of the cosmos. Um, it's pronounced A-U-M. There's four parts to it. There's the O sound, the U sound. There's the M. And then there's actually the sound when you stop. Okay. <laughs> there's the remnant vibration, yeah? And that's really important as well. You know, we talk about subtlety all the time, mm-hmm. yeah? So you sort of go, oh. It's that final. Yeah. And you just I don't know f- whether the microphone got that, so I'll just do that again. <laughs> it's a pretty good microphone, our Blue Yeti. I was yeah. The blue, phallic microphone the, the, here. Yeah. So there's also that sort of space in the, non, the non-sound as well. Um, and then you get beautiful vibrations through you. I, I love I love mantra yoga. I'm really into mantras at the moment. Actually, maybe we should do another. We should do a show on mantra, shouldn't we? We at should some do point. a show on each of these, on each of these different branches of yoga and how they apply to tantra and to sexuality. At some point, that's a good idea. Mm. But in general, the sev- these spokes in the yogic wheel mm. are there to do what? To help people evolve spiritually. Which means? So that they start to move away from this um, obsession that we have that what's around us is what exists. So we get caught up in all the little worries about life and so forth. Or that what's around us is all that exists. Yes. And developing to a point where you can actually get in touch with a sense of oneness. As opposed to twosiness or threesiness. Twosiness. Well, (laughs) there's lots of of us. Or manynesses. Yes. Yeah. Myriadiness. Yes. And when you start tapping into that, you know, cosmic oneness, then that's when you start feeling like these really beautiful, you know, bliss in sensations and, and just this innate joy. And we'll let people ruminate over that mm. while they listen to our ad break. Yes. Because you can actually tune into that too and <laughs> because that's also an because even the ads are an expression of the divine. Everything is an expression of the divine. We'll be back in a minute or two. Yes. And we're talking about perfecting the divine. Now, for a lot of people, this idea of the divine Mm. can be a very abstract thing. It can be a very distant thing. Yes. Which is why I guess for so many people and so many religious traditions and spiritual traditions, they've needed to embody that in some way. Yes. Um, Anything from an animal spirit to a old guy with a beard sitting on a cloud mm-hmm. to a, a whole pantheon, a of, pantheon of goddesses of, of goddess and goddesses and yes, multi whose lives are like some kind of soap opera yes exactly the great the great <laughs> cosmic divine soap opera mm. which makes me wonder about that quote who was the frenchman who said that man has never worshipped anything but himself um don't know i'll find that out. anyway so mm. let's talk about to a certain extent, worshipping ourselves, worshipping the divine in each of us. Yes. Let's, but in an enlightened way, in not, an, in a, not in an egotistic way, but in an acknowledgement that we each of us embody both the god and goddess aspects. Of ourselves, yes. So that's part of the whole yin and yang, right? Um, if we're going to be using the, the, the yoga, the tantric kind of um, terminology, language, yeah, they talk about Shiva Shakti. So who is Shiva and who is Shakti? Shiva is the the male deity and Shakti is the feminine. Does, so Shiva, what the male male sexuality or no, ma- not just sexuality, the, the male everything. principle? Yes, yeah, the principle. Let's think of it as the male. The, y- the, the Yang principle. The Yang and Shiva is the Yin. So for the purposes of discussion, for this discussion, yes, Shiva equals Yang, 
Shakti yes, equals yin. yin. Shakti is yin. That's what I just said. Did you good? Yes, I said. Just, <laughs> just keep up with me, Jacqueline. <laughs> All right, now, Shut next con- <laughs> next concept. You're so rude. You're so disrespectful. I am. Are you not respecting the divine in me? I am. I respect it so much that I can play with it. Indeed. I appreciate the playing. Tish it. boom, because that was a really important point. I don't know whether everybody point. got that. Say it again. Respect you so much mm. that I can play with it. Yes. And I respect you so much that I can take on board that playfulness and play back with it. Exactly. Respect, respecting the divine doesn't mean being incredibly overly serious serious, serious yes. about stuff. It, you can actually play with it. So let's talk, mm. ab- let's talk about both the seriousness and mm. the playfulness of Shiva and Shakti. Yes. Well, that's yin and yang as well. It can be serious and it can be playful. Everything can be. So, as I've talked before, every individual has both the yin and the yang, yeah, the masculine and the feminine, the Shiva Shakti within them, okay? But it can be really beautiful to, to really focus on that, right, to, to almost to say, look, it depends on what your own beliefs are. Some people might believe that they are actually gods and goddesses out there. You don't need to. It's kind of a concept. It's an essence. It's an energy like you were talking about before, okay? And to be able to bring that into yourself and say, yes, you know, I have the divinity in me. It's part of me. So even so, one could even argue that this invocation, mm. this taking in mm. through the invoking to, mm. to take in through the voice yes. um, is not so much a bringing it of something outside of yourself mm. but r- simultaneously recognizing what is already there yes it is so it's a dual thing you you are you are both looking at this energy this masculinity mm. or this femininity this mm. energy and drawing it into yourself while at mm. the same time saying wait a minute this is inside me I will awaken that and let that flower in the light of the energy that I'm bringing forth and calling forth. Yes, absolutely. That's a beautiful way of describing it, right? Because we are all expressions and extensions of the divine, but we tend to feel very cut off. So how specifically do people do that in order to get a better sex life and as a result, a better life? Yes. Well, in the third part, I'll be introducing people to some practices that they can do and to give people some homework, solo and partnered homework and so forth. So it's partly about doing that within yourself. You can also do it within your partner as well so that when you're engaging with your partner in an intimate or sexual way, you're not just engaging with them as an individual person. You're engaging with them as an embodiment of the divine masculine or the divine feminine. So if you're willing to go that far, you can Mm. actually um, see the experience or experience the experience as fucking God. Yes. In In the nicest possible way. Yes. And then it becomes that true union. Do it for me, God, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring yes. it on, honey. Yes, the God in me is actually uniting with the God in you. And God's really happy because God loves to experience itself through others. But there's a really love, one of the lovely um, sort of like creation myths that I particularly like is the idea that there was always God or the divine existed. But because God was everything, because God was everything, God couldn't actually experience anything because you can't experience something if you're it, it, right? So God decided in order to be able to experience and to enjoy being God that God would divide itself into myriad little parts 
Yes. An infinity infinity of... Right. And that's what we are. We're those little bits of God actually having an experience so that God can actually experience God's self. But the ground being of this experience is this, what we talked about last week, which was the ocean of orgasm. Yes. Yes. And when you're tapping into that, that's when you start feeling, you're feeling what God's feeling, which is this beautiful, blissful, ecstatic godness. Of of interaction with self. Yes. Of this big, beautiful yumminess and when you start to get that feeling then you you kind of realize that that everything else sort of doesn't really matter right because it's oh god i'm losing my words here it's really hard to describe what that feeling is which is what which is why we do exercises which is Mm. what part the third part of the show usually is about Mm. where people give the opportunity to do something that they can actually do in the privacy of their own home yes and feel it for themselves because mm. Janana can only take us so far. It can indeed, I believe, especially through this medium. Mm. Yes, that's the, that's the wisdom yoga for people who are wondering what, why we're suddenly talking about bananas. No, not bananas, Janana. Janana. <laughs> we have <laughs> some questions. Do you want to answer them? Oh, okay, all right. Do you yes, want to, do, I can or, talk or, more about or did you, or did, or did you, or was there another point you wanted to make? Um, because people are talking, people are writing and they're okay, actually, all right, all right. they're, Susan mm. asks, my husband and I have been practicing Tantra for a while and I love this part of it. By experiencing the divine in each other, we've been able to move away from a rather coarse approach to sex mm. and in particular he stopped enjoying porn and our lovemaking is now gentle and connected and we have the sense that the lovemaking never ends. Mm. We're always making love even when we're apart. That's a very interesting thing for Susan to say. Yes. We're always making love even when we're apart. Mm. And this is part of what that oneness is all about. And the beauty of having a loving relationship with someone is that you can experience that unity with that person so that even when you're not together physically, you still feel that connection. Yeah? So the two of you, I suppose in a way, while we're focusing on the topic of divinity, the two of you become more than the sum of your individual individual bits of deity <laughs> and you create something bigger and stronger and more connected, right? And then that will help you tap into the bigger divinity as well. And there is also the extended idea that God is not finished, that God is a constantly evolving and constantly bringing itself into a newness. Well, yes, and each of us as individual extensions of the great divine are doing exactly that because we're constantly experiencing and creating our lives. Mm. But I love this idea of always making love even when we're apart. Even when we're apart, It's yes. a beautiful, beautiful yes. and state of being. It is, and that's the bhakti. That's the bhakti. Ah. Yeah, that's the, the heart-centred yoga, the devotional yoga. Right. And this is a, it's an interesting term, isn't it? Making a love. Mm-hmm. Love isn't just there, there yeah. or drawn upon, even mm-hmm. though the whole that you have the ocean of orgasm and love. You can tap into it. And you it. can tap yes. into that. Yeah. The point is that the ocean is constantly being replenished, renewed, and expanded yes. through the creation of even more love. Yes. Yes. And what Susan and her husband are finding is that by taking this approach to their lovemaking, by bringing in this bhakti devotional love centered part of it, then they are not only having a better quality, intimate time together, but they've always got it. It's always there. Yeah. And I also want to pick up um, because she mentioned um, that her husband's lost interest in porn. 
right? I've noticed this. I've noticed this and I'm finding that working with guys who um, are overly interested in porn by their own admission, I'm never going to tell someone that they shouldn't watch porn or that they watch too much unless it's really interfering with life. But when you tap into the heart, um, when you open up the heart center in your lovemaking, a lot of guys who have, and women too actually, I've had women who've done this, um, then they're too focused on the lower chakras, on the sexual side of things, and they can actually buy into the that more smutty, coarse, sleazy approach to sex, which as I've often said, you know, it's okay to have some of that. There's nothing wrong with that per se. But if that's all you're getting, it's very limited and there'll be a blockage. So if you can open up the flow between sexual centre and heart centre and then share that with your partner, then you may well find that, that you don't want to, you, you're not as interested in that side anymore. Yeah. Going on a completely different yes. um, tone, um, Gina says, mm. I'm a practicing Christian, right. a recovering Pentecostalic. I didn't know that was a word, Pentecostal, I think she meant, and now practicing a more moderate Christianity. Even so, I struggle with these spiritual concepts you present, and today's topic is particularly unsettling. I can't help but feel it's wrong to believe God can be in you and the idea of a male of female God reeks too much of idolatry. Mm. You want to comment, Jacqueline, the theologian? <laughs> oh, no, I'm just a sex bird. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really challenging to, um, if you're looking at concepts that are outside your particular worldview of what is okay and what isn't, all right? So in terms of this whole jnana yoga, the, the wisdom stuff, what I would encourage someone to do, and it sounds like she's already, Gina, is it, is already on that process of, of sort of examining where she's been, modifying that to something that's more true and right for her. And, you know, I'd like to say that when you're feeling uncomfortable with something, that's often the place where growth happens, right? So Gina doesn't need to take on board exactly what I'm saying, but Gina needs to sit with, well, why, what is resonating with me here? What isn't? And work out for herself how she can make this right for her. If it feels right, if she's sure that there's a kernel of truth and rightness here, but it's not fitting in with a particular worldview that she has, how can she, you know, shift the worldview to incorporate this rightness that she's feeling? And with all due respect to Gina Mm. and uh, Christianity is a bit of an onion and every time you peel off a layer, there's another layer, but that's true of any religion Mm. or any system of thinking. Yes, you can wrap yourself around in, and run around in, mm. in theological circles forever, and some mm. people have. Yes. Um, you can't really answer the question within the context in which it's asked. Yes. That's the thing about questions. They require answers, and the, and, the, and the knowledge required to answer a question has to transcend the knowledge necessary to ask the question. <laughs> Oh, that's very deep. But then this is a show about divinity, and if you can't be deep when we're talking about God and Mm. sex, well, I don't know where we can... So I guess what I'm saying there to Gina is, like, holding her heart, and we know, you know, if if you're Christian, you know about the sacred heart, you know, that Jesus was all about love and all about open heart and so forth. So tap into that side, because that's very strong in Christianity, right? And then tap into this wisdom side of things and ask from the heart for for insight into how this can make sense for her. And speaking of tapping in and Mm. at the risk of having tapped into a can of worms, we have John 
Okay. I'm a rationalist, like you, a scientist. <laughs> so I don't see how you can really believe we need to focus on the divine. There's no proof of God. And while I like the approach to sex you talk about, I can't imagine wanting or being able to affect the God in me or in my partner. Even if I could, it doesn't sound very sexy. <laughs> God, there's okay. A, there's a lot in that. Can there we do that bit by bit? Yes. I'm yeah. a rationalist. Okay. Yes. Yeah, good. I don't see how you can believe, well, basically saying you don't see how you can focus on something that doesn't exist. Well, yes, absolutely. It's kind of a bit of the opposite of what Gina was just saying. So what I'm saying here, folks, is... Whether you actually believe that there are gods out there or whether there's something or whether this is just a bit of an, an analogy, right? If or whether when we say the god in you, we're talking about aspects of your personality and being that you haven't explored yet. Yes. And that if you open up your heart, right, then things will improve in your lovemaking and in life in general. Yeah, if this is all really too confronting for people, why not mm. just accept the possibility that there are bits of yourself that you haven't explored mm. and this is simply a poetic yes. an, a way of expressing that mm. and so feel free to open those parts up of yourself. Yes, and I love the fact that you just used the word poetry because that's what I like to think we're doing here in part is bringing the poetry back into lovemaking. And so it's not about, um, you know, being all rational and about, you know, it's just about the physical. You know, it's, it's also about the emotional and it's about the beauty and it's about the yumminess and so forth. And it's very much about expression, which is po what poetry is. And this, as you said, it's just an idea. It's something to try. If this is not resonating for you, then this can be one of the things that you put aside forever or just for a while until it does start resonating with you. Yeah, and the idea that, and this is, and the problem with the word like poetry is that it also has its own baggage attached to it, this idea that poetry is always nice and fluffy bunnies, <laughs> which is why Philip's question is very pertinent here. I'm going to read it out. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love about your approach is that you don't say this is right and that is wrong. I can't see anything wrong about practicing spiritual sex and also having raunchy sex if you want this. Is this right? Also, I wonder if you lose interest in the orangier side of things if you practice spiritual sex. I'd figure that just like like anything mm. else, poetry mm. can be both raunchy and oh god, yes, lovely, yeah, fluffy bunny. If anyone's wondering whether um, poetry can be hard and you know full on and tough, then listen to some slam poetry. Some of the slam poetry competitions that are out there, you know, people are making a point. It's fantastic stuff. Yeah, and think and think and if you think about the, the rap and rap's poetry, poetry. In fact, most music is poetry in a way. Yeah, like poetry singing, is poetry. Yeah, uh, songs are just poetry to music. To music, yeah, and music can be really intense and it can be really soft and beautiful. And yes, sex can be as well. And yes, spiritual sex can be raunchy as well. You don't even have to have the dichotomy between spiritual and raunchy. In fact, if you start bringing in these energies, if you open yourself up to the energies, some of those energies are very big and powerful. And you know, you might find yourself roaring. Yeah, if you have some really of them are the, some of them in. are the percussion bands of sex. Yes, yeah, and you can have like animals come into you. You know, you might feel like the like the, almost the energy of some wild cat come through. Or, I know, guess I've had snakes. I've had wild animals, and it can get do tell. Well, shall I? Maybe, maybe a bit later on, you can go into a little bit of more of your experiences. But just before I, before mm. we go to break, I just want to make one. Point. We've got another break, yes, we? we have another break coming up. Yes, how time flies when you're having yes. cathexis. <laughs> um, and that is that 
a lot of what we talk about here on the Tantric Lounge is about increasing your repertoire, Mm. not playing the same tune, so to speak, endlessly with Mm. sex. A lot of people come to you because they're really bored. Essentially. With their, with their sex lives. Mm. They wonder whether they've lost the love that they had for their partner. Mm. I would argue that what that happens is because people have realised that they've stopped growing mm. and they come to you because they need a direction of where to go from here. Where do we yes. go from here? We're all out of ideas. Absolutely. Absolutely. People will actually say that in those words, yeah, and they'll realise that they're, that they're embarking on a new journey. So many of my clients, especially at the moment, I've got heaps of them who are just saying, okay, we're starting on a new journey. It's not that they're rejecting the old journey, but they're realising that now things have to change. And not that their, life, their past were invalid, but, their, no. but the future... It's a new phase of life. It's a new growth, new awareness. And tomorrow is another day. We'll come back after the break with more ideas. More yumminess. More yumminess. More, yes. more, more strings stuff. for your bow, more instruments for your orchestra. Yes. Hi, it's Jacqueline Hillier here with Xavier Watercane. Welcome back to our show on Cathecting the Divine. So this is part three where we get into some practical stuff and I'll give you some homework. But first we want to share with you one of our sponsor, Lalo's beautiful products. What have we got today, Xavier? Yes, our uh, device, Ducemin, <laughs> is the Aura, spelled O-R-A, mm. for oral pleasures on demand. Now, this mm. is a very unusual mm. sex pleasure device yes. in that unlike most so-called vibrators it doesn't actually vibrate no what it seeks to do is it seeks to reproduce the action of the tongue yes thank you Jacqueline you did, <laughs> just demonstrated. You, 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 she, Sorry, was just, she just stuck her tongue out and did circles <laughs> but if you actually go on the Lalo website that's l-e-l-o.com and you go onto their website you actually and you Stick in Aura O R A. In mm. fact, I think it's it comes you, up on their comes up on the on their homepage yes. at the moment. Um, you will notice that it is a beautiful um, asymmetrical donut yes. shape, but with a flattened side with a slight ridge that goes around in clockwise circles. Now I'm wondering mm. because we don't have one with us at the moment. We're no. waiting. We're waiting for our sample. We're still waiting for our sample. But whether or not it also does anti-clockwise. Mm, yes, I don't know whether. It- has different patterns or movements or whatever. So we'll, you'll have to wait, listeners, until we actually get our own sample. But it is quite beautiful. And one of the reasons why I wanted to choose this one today was, again, like we were just talking about, this is about sort of breaking out of the box and you don't have to assume anything. And I like this particular objet because it's not your standard vibrator. The shape is different. The movement is different. What it seeks to... It has 10 sim- stimulation modes. Right. Thank you. And it's 100% waterproof. Excellent. Right. And the thing about using these kind of objects is that if you use them in this um, almost meditative type state, I've talked before about sex as meditation or masturbation as meditation. So it's perfectly fine to use these kind of objects to get you into a particular state to, to start arousing you. And opening you up. And we're not talking necessarily about genital arousal either, although this is a sex show, Mm. because I can imagine having quite a good time Mm. with the aura, just putting it on my forehead between my eyes and stimulated my third eye. Mm. Yes. Interesting you say that because... um, We should do a show on psychic sex one day. Oh, that's a good idea. 
Yes. That just came to me. That's very good. That so even imagining that you're using these devices can lead you to... Well, all sorts of- yes, and in fact, that's very similar to what we're talking about by cathecting a divinity, right? It's, it's kind of the power of the imagination to some extent. And it's the power of inspiration because what mm. we want out of being able, because shortly we're going to go into exercise to actually mm. cathect these divinities, mm. yes. is inspiration. Yes, Absolutely. We w- we want to get these god we got we want to get these god or goddess point of views mm. so that they can inspire to do things that we otherwise would not have done. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, so yes. Yeah, so let's get into some practical stuff. Um, the, my very last live tantric lounge, which is my monthly gathering, this was the topic, and uh, we had some absolutely beautiful experiences. Oh. Gosh, it was lovely. Um, and it actually ended up uh, at the end of the three hours, I, people were in, in groups and I got them to present something where they were honouring because we'd done a lot of cathecting. We'd been bringing that into ourselves. And then in small groups of mixed men and women, they had to present something to the group. And, oh, it was just so beautiful. And most of the people who did it were like, couldn't believe that we would have done that and we could tell you how beautiful ago. it was until the cows come home mm. but the whole point of now is that you're going to go put people through exercises so that they can have yes. an idea of what the people at that workshop felt yes indeed so we're just going to do we're going to do three things here so the first thing that we're going to do is i just want you to sit quietly and you're just breathing just breathing just allowing the breath to flow and as i've done so often before with the breath It's about bringing it deep into your torso, right? So imagining, visualizing that the breath is going not just into your chest, but fully into the whole of your lungs and even deeper into your body, down into your abdomen, even into your pelvis, so that the breath becomes this constant flow, okay? And that in part is enabling you to allow energy to flow through your body, And it starts to clear the blockages just as simply as using your breath. That's why the breath is so powerful when you do this kind of work. Okay. Now, ideally, you'd want to be doing this for about five minutes or so, but that makes for very boring radio. So we'll just fast forward a little bit here. (laughs) Thank you, Xavier. I'm sure that helped them stay in the meditative zone. Not. Anyway. Getting back to this beautiful space that hopefully we're in. Now, the divine. I want you to imagine that the, that you can tap into the divine, that the divine is flowing all around you. And let's choose a colour. Not choose a colour. Let's allow a colour to emerge. Okay, what is the colour for you of the divine? Okay, now you may want to tap in particular into the divine masculine or into the divine feminine. And I'd really encourage you to think of that as the divine yang or the divine yin. Because as you know, I've talked about before, we all have the yin and yang within us and that it manifests in complementary opposite ways. For the men to have the yang on the outside, to be able to open up and expose their inner yin. For the women to have the yang on the inside, to have this lovely, strong inner yang core, which emanates out through a beautiful yin surround. Okay? So you may feel that you want to focus more on your yin or your your yang, okay? So if you're wanting to focus more on your yang, you might want to invoke the divine masculine. If you're focusing more on your yin, you might want to invoke the more 
of the divine feminine. Or if you're a woman, you might just want to do the whole feminine thing. If you're a man, you want, might want to do the whole masculine thing. Okay? Let's not let our brains get in here too much. Just allow that color to emerge. Okay? Allowing it to flow around you so that you're covered by this beautiful cloud of divinity. All right? So you can feel yourself almost swimming in it. You might even feel a little bit lighter as though you are slightly floating. And with each breath, I want you to feel that you're breathing in that color. So it's going in through your nostrils and it's flowing down into your body all through your torso. And that with each breath, the color of divinity is being carried on the oxygen atoms all the way through your body, taking it to every cell of your body. So your whole body is being infused with the divine is being carried through on this color this energy okay so energetically it's flowing to every little part of your body and then physically as well as the oxygen's traveling through carrying the energy the essence of the divine and i just want you to feel that feel it flowing through right through your arms to the tips of your toes flowing through your legs to the tips of your toes. I've got my toes and fingers muddled up. Right to every little edge. And while you're there, I want you now to focus on your heart center, on your chest, on your heart brain. Right? And really have a sense of opening, growing, expanding, so that you can actually honor, honor this sense almost an adoration and a, and a gratitude, a wonderful, beautiful sense of gratitude that you have this lovely connection to the divine. It's waking something up within you, so you're expanding from the inside out as well as welcoming it in, okay? So you're sitting with that feeling. And when you're ready, I just want you to come back to the room, opening your eyes again knowing that you have this within you and that any time you can tap into that color and bring it back into you or you can feel it within you, okay? So that's one way of bringing that energy and that sense of the divine into you. How are you feeling with that exercise, Xavier? Did you feel the divine in you? I, I'm constantly feeling the divine within well, yes, me. Yes, I know that. Do you have a particular color for the divine? Um, Did one come up for no, you then? No, what ha I tend to go in and out of all sorts of colours mm. so because, it's different. yeah, it's, it's just different. I don't have a particular mm. colour category for yes. divinity. Yes. No, that's fine. And that's true. It can change on different moments. Now, some solo practice if you would like to engage in some solo lovemaking and I've given you solo practices before what you might like to add to it for your homework this week is to focus on the divine and to take the time to create the color breathe it in but for you you may find that it's a different color or you might have a sound or an image or something instead okay depending on 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 who you are okay and really sort of feeling that opening of the heart as you take your fingers, your hand or your Lalo device to stimulate yourself a little, okay, really focusing on the heart opening. And you may actually want to envisage that actually you can feel the, the, the Shiva or the Shakti, depending on what your orientation or your desire is, 
coming within you. Certainly, I personally sometimes just spontaneously have this es- this sense of it's kind of like the divine lingam coming inside me, and it's kind of like energetically, it's this huge penis kind of energy, and it just it's not just in the vagina; it just comes into the whole of my body, and it just creates such beautiful experiences when that happens. So that's something that you can practice. You can also practice that when making love with your partner. Now, the other thing that I'd like you to do is if you do have a partner is to spend a little bit of time before you make love facing each other, facing each other, just seeing if you can see the divine in your partner, feeling it, opening your hearts to each other so that the heart, the love energy is traveling in between each other in that space between you. Then I want you to move around so you're facing, so you're sitting back to back And I want you to do the same thing, feeling the divine in the two of you and allowing the heart energy to travel backwards. Okay, so it's really important that we open our hearts forwards and backwards. Okay. And as a point, a recurring theme of finding the divinity in everything, you can Mm. practice this with everything. Yes. So you can look at the divine in the carpet. You can look at the divine (laughs) in the the curtain. You can look at Mm. the divine in the leaf of a tree. Yes. And just practice in small moments whenever you have an opportunity. Mm. The divine in the steering wheel. Tapping in. Tapping in. The divine in the arsehole who just cut you off. Exactly. Which it is- really does help. Yes. And I also want to do just a little plug again for my uh, international retreat, the, the Bali Couples Retreat, where we'll be spending a lot of time doing this sort of thing. Lots of very practical activities, part of which is about this bhakti, the devotional side, and really being able to see you and your true love as emanations of the divine and the kind of really awesome lovemaking that can emerge when you're able to do that. Which admittedly might be easier for a lot of people in a beautiful space like Bali. Like Bali, yes. You know. Rather than being cut off in traffic by some... Yes, yes. And that's why retreats are so important because you get that really concentrated, intense... Well, when I say intense, I mean concentrated time and it's much easier to really anchor that in yourself so that when you go out you've shifted your energy has in fact raised and so practice in small pieces so that the bigger pieces are much easier later what's on for next week well you know i think i might change it slightly for next week because in fact uh, next weekend i'm actually recording my uh, black belt program Um, So I'm really focusing on men. So I think next week we're going to be doing something around men. Not sure what that is yet, but stay tuned. It's going to be good. Yes, watch this space or rather listen to it. I think it might be the yin and yang of manliness. That's what's coming to me right this Okay. (laughs) So we'll, uh, we'll talk again next week. Thank you for being here down on the Tantric Lounge.